How's everybody doing tonight? Doing good? That's good. That's good. God is good. That testimony that, that, that Paul gave, that Pastor Nicole gave, that's, that's awesome. You know, Rachel and I, we've had times in our life with our house where we have walked the line and declared God is above everything, and he's come through for us. There's times where he's given us divine protection and protected our homes from floods and you name it. Um, but now, now it's time to talk about tithes and offerings. It's time to give. So let, let's talk about some familiar scripture in Matthew. Um, we, all have, we all are familiar with when Jesus makes the, the, his triumphant entry into Jerusalem and he goes into the temple and he cleanses the temple. And it says that he went in and he saw there were money changers inside the temple. So he goes up and, you know, this isn't nice Jesus. This isn't sweet Jesus. This is Jesus flipping table. This is roadhouse Jesus. All right? It's roadhouse Jesus. Um, so, and, and I always thought, well, why would Jesus get mad about that? And, you know, these guys, they, were, they, were, they had a business. They were, they were selling sacrifices so people could have sacrifices and, and bring them in uh, to the temple to make atonement. And the Holy Spirit told me one day, he said, you need to understand, Jesus said, my, my father's house will be called a house of prayer, and you've made it a den of thieves. And he said, Jesus was mad because the merchants cheapened the sacrifice. They, what, they, what they inherently did is they turned the temple into Walmart, where it was easy, because a sacrifice is supposed to be a sacrifice. Isn't that crazy? Sacrifice supposed to be a sacrifice. So what had happened was it was made cheap. It was something that was supposed to be holy and set aside to God, and it was supposed to cost you something, right? Our giving is supposed to cost us something. Now, it doesn't have to be painful. It can be joyful, but it, it's supposed to cost us something. Labor, we're supposed to toil. You know, it's our first fruits. We have to give of something to get those fruits, right? That's what made Jesus mad because the sacrifices were made cheap. Those merchants, they made them cheap. So people lost the connection and the intimacy with God because there is a great intimacy that happens when you give. And when, when you give from a joyful heart and when you sacrifice, there's an intimacy between you and God where God knows where you're coming from, right? But if that sacrifice is cheap and it doesn't mean anything to you anymore. So Jesus was mad because Jesus' whole ministry, the cross, everything he did was to bring man and God back together where we were in the garden and then some. So Jesus was mad because all that was cheapened. It was made cheapened. You could go, you could go to God with your sacrifices, but it didn't, it didn't really cost you anything. You had some pocket change. You bought a limp dove that couldn't fly with missing a toe or it was cheap it was cheapened it was counterfeit that's why christ was mad because it was counterfeit so when we give we want to give a sacrifice a tithe and an offering it's a sacrifice it shouldn't be cheapened it shouldn't be counterfeit god honors it he understands what it costs and so should we we should honor him with that amen Amen. All right. Father God, I thank you that you have more money than Fort Knox. 
I thank you that you have more money than the whole world's banking system. I thank you that you are a provider above and beyond and that you can just speak and make and provide. And Father, we have faith for that. We just ask, Lord, right now, provide. As we give, we know you give back. Provide. Lord, we give with a cheerful heart to bless your kingdom. And we just cry out on, the, on, on all your promises. Lord, give, you shall receive. And you love a cheerful giver. And, and Father, we just bless you and we thank you for what you have to give to your children. And we know it's humility and we stand in righteousness. We know our place. And we thank you for that. Bless, bless the offering. Bless the sacrifice, the giving in the name of Jesus. Amen. Amen. I'll do it. That's okay. <laughs> Good evening. Every time I do that, I think of Dracula. Good evening. <laughs> How's everybody? Good. Praise God. I'm good. I'm good, good, good. Let's just, just talk real plainly about our giving just for a second, and then we'll get into the two parts of life, um, which is awesome. We need to look and examine exactly what you were saying, and we need to look at ourselves and say, you know, all right, Lord, what does this cost to me? One of the biggest breakthroughs that we ever had in our life was when uh, I came home one day and the Lord had been talking to me, the Holy Spirit had been dealing with me, and I said, I told the Lord today that I want to, I want to give him something, something that cost me. And this is, I, I said, the Lord dropped it on my heart to give him something that cost me. And uh, I didn't like what he came back with, honestly. <laughs> I, I said, what is that? I was like all excited, you know. Oh, boy. And then he said something. I was like, no, I don't, I don't like that. I don't like that at all. And uh, it was uh, the Netflix subscription at that time, which cost 20 bucks a month. And he said, take that $20 a month, and I want you to sow that. I want you to start making that every month and give that to me, right? And uh, I went, hmm. Hey, you know, that was kind of kind of like that. Well, what that did at that time is it started our monthly giving. And that all started with something that cost us. And we just said, this is what we want to give. Now, since that period of time, what happened is as the Lord opened that door and we were obedient to do that, we were able to um, really, you know, he started blessing us, and he started blessing us and blessing us. And, and matter of fact, at one point, it was coming so quickly in that blessing. I was like, golly, you know, what's happening? And, you know, you, you grow with that blessing, and you expect more. And the thing is, we were just really, our, our finances were pretty low, and he was just kind of helping us to bring us up to speed. And, you know, but that's every month now. It rises up to that. So we have, you have your tithe, and then you have offering that's over and above that, okay? Offering is where you seek the Lord. See, our tithe, we should walk in here. We already know what our tithe is. But every time we walk in the door, we ought to go, Lord, what do we, um, what do you want me to give today, you know? What, what do you have for me? Offering is where we get to be obedient, and that's the one that's multiplied, 
That's the one that's multiplied back to you. That's where he says in Corinthians, he multiplies not just the fruit that you'll have, he multiplies the seed sown. That's an offering, okay? Uh, and then there's different kinds like alms and, uh, you know, that's giving, giving to somebody who's in need. Uh, and that's, that's, you know, good. There's different kinds of giving. We're not having a full lesson. I just basically want to talk about tithes and offerings. Here's what we need to do. As a people, when we come to a situation where it's like, okay, we have this project coming up and we need to believe God for it, then what we should do is up here, when, only when the Lord directs. You've noticed we don't, we don't do that too often. We are going to do it more because the Lord just told us to do it more, to show you because he wants you to agree in faith. He wants to apply your faith and just like he opened up the door for us that one time and it really uh, helped our offering grow and grow and grow and grow um, he wants to open up the same for you and he wants to open up those opportunities as well that doesn't mean that you're supposed to give into everyone at all that's nowhere close this is all we always have asked at boomerang is that you seek the lord on it literally take time to ask the lord and then whatever you hear give because if you've heard it from God, he'll supply you. And that, that's all it is. So you're going to see more of that stuff because God's given us projects to take this good news out. You know, this kind of stuff that we're talking about, the two parts of life, there's more people need to hear this because, man, it is changing. It's changing this place. It's changing me. It's changing lives. I'm seeing the fruit come through. But people won't walk in it if they don't know how can they how can they hear unless they have a preacher how can how can a preacher be there unless he's sent and how can it be sent unless someone sends him that means how can things happen unless you supply right um oh this was yesterday somebody was telling me uh this is what they uh, another pastor said this to me yesterday he said he said uh if you go into battle, you run out of bullets, you're done, right? He said, well, bullets in the kingdom of God basically is, you know, finances. You go into, you go into the kingdom and try to build the kingdom, but you don't have finances. You know, there's not much. You know, that's one of our bullets. It's one of our weapons. So we've got to trust God. So here's what I want you to do, and here's what we should be doing. We should be saying, okay, um, Let's say, let's say that you haven't prayed yet. Let's say that you haven't prayed over it yet. But all of a sudden, you know, you got an extra 100 or $200 out of the blue this month, right? Then all of a sudden, what are you doing? See, most people, and this is the way we used to do it all the time. <laughs> we would go, ooh, $100, boom, <laughs> right in the pocket, right? But you have to say, Lord, why do I have this? Why do I have it? And see, what that is is seeking the kingdom first. When we changed that, our finances went to another level, all right? So here's, let's say you hadn't done it, and all of a sudden you have something extra. Well, it might not be for that, but it might be as well. You just have to seek the Lord. The other thing is this. This is what I really want you to do more than anything. If you see, hey, God has given us vision, and we are to go and fulfill a project, right we're to go and fulfill a project then what i want you to do because we're family and we're one here's what i want to happen i want you to say lord how much do you want me to give and let's say that it's a big amount let's say that it is 
And let's say it's $1,000, and that's over and above what your normal budget is. And you don't have $1,000 right now. Well, that God knew what he told you. So now here's, see, most people will flip out. They don't want to ask because they don't have any money. But the problem is they don't have any money because they don't ask. You have not because you ask not. You're not stepping out in faith to believe God. So what you then say is this. You say, all right, Lord, I heard you, $1,000. Then I'm asking you right now, supply 1000 over and above what I was normally going to, over and above my budget. And then when that portion comes in, don't go, ooh. Ooh, praise God, bam, in your pocket, you go, help, I know what this is for, you see? So what I'm asking you to do is I'm asking you to add your faith, not just be, all right, well, the church needs to believe for that. No, you need to believe for that. Every individual needs to say, let me ask, how, what's my portion? What's my, Lord, there's a project. You, I'm in a church. I believe in the leadership. I believe in the vision. They've seen from you. They have vision. What's my portion of it? How much of that do I get to be a part of? And you know what? Sometimes he will say zero. He will. Sometimes he'll say nothing. But then sometimes he'll say knock the whole thing out yourself. And, and, you know, you may have it sitting there. You might not have it sitting there. But you might go, uh, okay, well, I, I don't have it sitting there right now, but I'm trusting you to bring it in. I can't tell you how many times we've done stuff like that, and all of a sudden, in the middle of something, out of the blue, there comes a project that gave us some extra bonus or something like that, you know. So this is, this is just some general basic teaching on giving and, and receiving as well, because how are you going to give unless you receive from the Lord what to give and how much? Now, so what am I asking you for? Am I asking you for extra? No, not necessarily. Not necessarily. What I'm asking you for is for you to ask God and then be obedient to ask him in faith for whatever he tells you and then just give what he brings to you. And if he doesn't bring it to you, let's say that you, you know, your faith drops and, and or for whatever reason you get attacked or whatever and you just don't have it. Well, you were seeking the Lord, but you just continue in faith and you continue giving. But I've never seen it where somebody said they have heard from the Lord, they asked the Lord for that, and then it didn't come through. So what that does then is say you've got your leadership team and they're all believing God for these projects to be filled. What this does is it, and now every single person gets to play a part in the faith project. Every single person goes goes into sharing the gospel and spreading the gospel in that way and the lord knows exactly what you can give and exactly what you can't now let me share some great stuff with you you go let's uh go to second corinthians 9 8 i believe it's right Yep. Second Corinthians nine eight. Well, just read this six through eight, uh, verse six. Sorry about that. Now this I say: He who sows sparingly will also reap sparingly, and he who sows bountifully will also reap bountifully. 
says, each one must do just as he has purposed in his heart. In other words, what have you purposed in your heart to do? Have you purposed to be a bountiful giver, a cheerful giver, or have you purposed to be stingy? So this is one of the things where we have to each one of us, you know, challenge ourselves and get it to the place where our heart is, man, I want to give. I want to give. I want to give. It, I'm excited to give. You get to that place, all of a sudden, you are a giver. That's the person he gives seed to. He gives seed to the sower. So see, a lot of times people say, I don't have seed. Well, what does that tell you about them? They're not a sower. Because he gives seed to the sower. And so one of the things we want to you know, learn how to do is be a good sower, and you'll have seed. But here's how the seed comes in. It says, <clears throat> each one must do just as he purposed in his heart, not grudgingly or under compulsion, for God loves a cheerful giver. And God, here's the verse, and God is able to make all grace abound to you so that having all sufficiency in everything, in other words, every, you will have, I'm, how are you doing? I am sufficiently full in everything in my life you may have an abundance for every good deed so in other words when we start learning how to be givers and we start learning how to believe god and be cheerful givers and cheerful sowers all of a sudden what happens is god doesn't just pour out just the right amount so let's say that john believes for a thousand dollars you know, uh, and don't just pull the something out of the air. Ask the Lord. He will, he will witness to you in your heart. In that inner voice, he will witness to you exactly what it is. Don't just pull something out because somebody else said something or you just feel like it. Wait till you hear. Be clear. You know, be, make sure, all right, okay, I think I heard that. You know, if you don't know or you're having a hard time with it, Come see me. I'll help, I'll help you learn how to be led by that. Let's say that John says, uh, the Lord told me $1,000. Well, the, the Lord, most of the time, he does not just go, uh, Here, here's $1,000. He doesn't normally do that. The norm, normal to God is, well, you need 1000 Well, there's your 1000 and here's some 500 to go along with it. And so he's in abundance. Now, this is, we're not talking about an extra 500 just in his uh, budget. This is an overflow. This is extra. That's the way the Lord does things because he operates in overflow. He wants you to be in overflow. So when you start learning how to ask and, and apply your faith in giving and apply uh, your uh, works to back your faith, all of a sudden you start learning how to operate not just in just enough, but you start learning how to operate in abundance and overflow. That's where God wants us to, to go. But it takes a heart that really wants to go there. You know, for a long, long time, I didn't, you know, I wanted to be a giver. But I was, I, even though I really wanted to give, I still had that stinginess, you know. And one of the things, um, well, I don't have cash on me today. But one of the things that I would do is, uh, this is what uh, Bob Johnson uh, was talking about and when I was at uh, Barry Tubbs Jr.'s church, uh, Bob Johnson was there, who is Bill Johnson from Bethel. That's his brother. And uh, Bob Johnson said, why is it that when we give, that before we give, we'll say, Lord, how much do you want me to give? $40. Okay. All right. Why do we check and see how much we got in our pocket? 
left over. <laughs> Why do we do that? Why do we check that? And he said, it's because we don't trust God with the rest of it. We want to see, before I give 40, how much is that going to leave me with, right? And that's an, that's an attitude of trust. So we've got to get to the place where, how much do you want me to give? Four, oh, okay, mm, boom. And, and then we don't, we don't know. See, there's some stinginess when we start to try and figure out, what am I going to have left? What, am, what is that? God knows all about that. God, God is, he is well prepared to handle what you need and what you don't need. The question is, are you well pre prepared to be that kind of giver? So anyway, it's, uh, just wanted to share some stuff with you and just some ABCs about giving. This is some simple stuff, but a lot of people don't operate this way. First of all, they don't ever seek God for it. And so what happens is they just go through life and, and their bills are just met. Instead of ever operating in abundance and overflow, their bills are just met just at the top and, and they make it through life, but that's it. There's never any abundance or overflow. And the reason is because they're never seeking to give more, to give more. Amen? Sort of not amen. I don't want it. Amen means so be it. I don't want that to so be. I want, I want to, you to be good, cheerful givers that operate in that kind of abundance. Amen. So one of, one of the good things to do is every time that you come into a service that's ordained by God, a good thing to do, this is, this is my personal practice. Um, I don't know that you'll find this. I don't know a scripture that says this in the word but I do know that there's scriptures that talk about honoring and esteeming the word. And there's other scriptures that say that you should minister to those who teach you in the word and stuff like that. So there are some indirect reference where every time you come into a service, you ought to say, Lord, all right, I've given my tithe. That's yours. Now I'm purposing this. The offering is what I purpose in my heart to give. Okay, and so I say, all right, what would you like me to have? What would you like me to give? I mean, what would you like me to do? So every service, I, yeah, I make it a point to try and ask him that. Now, generally here, I'm the one giving here to you, right? I'm, I'm giving that. But when I go to a service somewhere, so like when you come in here, you ought to be saying, what is it you want me to do? And it could be. You know, he could tell you nothing. He's told me nothing before. It, that's a rare thing. But almost every time I make sure that there's, a, you know, at least a little bit in there. It could be 50 cents. It could be a dollar. There's something that happens. The reason for this is he knows about our, the way we work. He knows how our mind works. And when we actually give something that we're connected, there's a connection that happens spiritually. And so all of a sudden when we walk into a service and we are giving something, it connects you to that word that's being preached. And all of a sudden the word, the same word you hear one day without giving versus the word that you hear with giving, you receive more from it. Even if it was the same word, you receive more from the one that you give to because it's a connection. You're saying that is something that I deem worthy and honorable. And so that's just, you know, Man, I was not planning on talking about it. Matter of fact, she said, do you got anything for tithes and offering? I said, no, I don't have anything. And uh, then I prayed, and I was like, I got nothing, except I think Chris had got something. And uh, so I went and asked Chris, and he said, I got something. So I wasn't planning on talking about that at all, but this is just the Holy Spirit pouring out in that way. So.
Yeah. Oh, I, <laughs> Todd was moving the camera. I thought he had a question. <laughs> See. Do you think that would make a difference in your life if you learned to operate the way I was talking about? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. She said you get more expectant when you come into services. Yeah. See, I didn't, it, for years and years, this is not how we operated. We had to learn how to operate this way. So I just gave you the cliff notes on a lot of uh, just moving you know, you can jump up a lot faster than we did in our in our finances so, so let's just let's apply this in the two parts of life let's apply giving in that so ultimately what we're talking about which side what i talked about so far which side does it fall on part one or part two part two which is our loving on god right okay so in order for this to work properly, what do we have to have? We have to have part one first, and then we will operate. In other words, part one will empower part two, right? Okay, so what would, op what would be God-loving on us in our giving? What would that be? Hmm? Supply, that's right. He's already made the promise. We've already talked about it. He says he gives seed to the sower. Okay? So he's given us the seed to the person whose heart is ready to sow. Okay? So in other words, as soon as we prepare our... God wants to give you seed. He, man, he's just waiting to give you seed. He's waiting to give you seed. The question is, are you a sower? Yeah. Are you prepared to do something with it? Are you prepared in your heart? So what we can do is we can say, Lord, let me get prepared in my heart. Let me become a cheerful giver. Because before he ever requires anything from you as far as an offering goes, what's he going to do? He's going to give you seed to give. So in this example, what he does is he supplies seed to the sower he will give it to that person who is ready to sow so we just have to be a sower we just got to get it it's not even we don't even have to get yet we just have to prepare our heart to be a sower we just have to receive i'm a sower i'm a giver i'm a liberal cheerful giver i'm a sower all of a sudden seed comes in that's the way it works that's the way it works. Now, the devil tries to fight that at times, and he'll come against your finances in different ways and stuff like that, but he can't stop it. He can't stop part one from God. If you are determined to be a sower, a sower God's getting you seed. That's just the way it is. So, Plus, if you back up even further than that, when, he, uh, when you become born again, then he has done everything to call you blessed like we talked about in uh, Deuteronomy 28, and he said, you will be the head and not the tail. You will be the lender and not the borrower. So God, through Christ, has already poured out the ability to be a successful, abundant giver. He's already poured out that ability. So in giving and in your offerings, what we've got to recognize is, if I'll just move my heart to be a giver, God will supply. He will take care of part one.
All I've got to do is have, have faith. What does it take for anything of the love of God to reach us and get to us? Because even, think about this. Jesus was already given for you before you got born again, right? What did it take? You know, it didn't cost you anything for Jesus. It didn't cost you anything. But what did it take? Belief and confession with your mouth. In other words, anybody could do that. Anybody could choose to believe. So in order for seed to come to you, all you have to do is prepare your heart. I believe that I am a sower and a cheerful giver, and that's who I am. That's who God has made me to be, and I will be one, and God will then supply seed to that person. Can you see where if we're not actively asking the Lord, man, there would, could be a whole lot of stuff that God actually wanted to pour into our lives and into the ministry through your lives that he can't get to you because we're not actively adding faith to it. You see how that, I mean, that could completely shut down uh, what the Lord wants to do in your life because we're not actively applying faith to, Lord, bring in the extra. And what if you just purposed in your heart? Let's talk even above and beyond that. What if in your heart um, you just said, uh, you know what, Lord? I'm just believing God, you know. I'm just believing God that, you know, I'm going to give an extra $20,000 this year. Help bring in $20,000. How many people think that would be a big deal, you know, for God to bring in an extra 20000 Right. But here's the thing, to God, that's nothing. 20000 is not even a drop in the bucket. It's not even a sprinkle. It's nothing to the Lord. I mean, I, I know in lives sitting in this room, more than, more than a couple where 20000 been moved around just like that. I, I've seen that stuff work and, and just how you know, the Lord can do that. It's not a problem to God. All he's looking for is somebody to have, you know, have faith. So, so it's interesting. All right, so um, you can see now how the two parts of life are affecting our giving as well and how that works in that situation. You know, our, our part to the Lord is to give back to him, but his part is to give us seed. So when I move in faith and confession that I'm a sower and I prepare my heart by faith to be a sower, he's getting seed to me. But with the seed, it doesn't just, you know, give me, you know, uh, $100 for $100. He always gives in abundance. That's the way he works. Amen. It's good. Did you have a question about any of this? Because I asked. I felt like somebody had a question. <laughs> okay. There was, and then nobody really popped up any question. I still feel like, okay. I believe the Bible talks about there are seasons to sow and there are seasons to reap. Yes. What is the biblically correct way once it's time to harvest? How do you harvest? How do you know it's harvest time? And then how do you act upon manifesting the harvest when it's time? That's a great question. Um, a lot of times, harvest time will just happen. There's a lot of times it'll just happen. Somebody will walk up to you and give you something, or your boss will give you a raise or something like that. But 
what will happen a lot of times even before that is the Holy Spirit will start dealing in your heart that it's time to it's time to amp up your faith and confession in a sense uh, in other words he'll say he'll he'll start dealing with you and but see we can do this proactively too I believe we can speed it up even more by simply applying faith toward it. You know, waking up in the morning saying, like uh, Jerry Savelle was saying, today is my receiving day. Today is my receiving day, you know. Well, you start thinking on that, meditating on that, making that the core of who you are, and then you know on our words that we're talking about on Sunday, you know, you're steering towards today is my receiving day, the rudder is the tongue, and you're speaking that. And if you make that connection where I'm saying that and I get that in my heart and all of a sudden you've got belief and your words connected, you're going towards it and you're going towards it in a straight line. So I believe you can, you can purpose yourself to simply see promises in here that I'm to be the head and not the tail, the lender and not the bar. I'm to be above and not beneath, right? Then all of a sudden I can just, I can believe that all day long and it doesn't matter where I'm at. But the Lord will give, the Holy Spirit will give you some specifics. Um, for example, uh, we asked one time, you know, just in the church, Lord, how much should we be asking you for to believe for each month? Like what, you know, what's that amount that you want us to believe for? And, you know, we just started believing God for that amount. And not too long went down the road that we hit it, you know, and it was regular. Boom, 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 boom. We probably need to do that again. So it's been a while. So that's a, and that and that's how you'll do it. You need to just seek the Lord and ask Him for that. That's a great question. But a lot of times it just comes with, are you applying faith? You know, the, the Lord's been speaking this to me over and over and over again here recently. And so if He's speaking it to me, He's wanting you to hear it as well. Is that this is the victory that overcomes the world, even our faith. So in other words, if we're needing a victory in something, then we need to start applying faith towards it. And so that means we need to go in here and we need to find out what the Lord's saying to us in that specific situation, that rhema, and we need to apply faith to that word, right? We need to find that victory. You know, Jesus, in uh, the reason he got up off the cross, part of it, or got up out of the grave, is because he found himself in Psalms, and I think it's 34, maybe 34 or 44. And uh, he found himself, and that's why he said, uh, after the Lord had turned his back on him and rejected him, and he said, Father, into your hands I commit my spirit. Now, the Lord had already said, the Father had already said, uh, he had already been rejected. We know that by what Jesus said, and yet he still called him Father. That was faith. That was faith. And he knew into the hands of the Father he was committing his, his spirit, even though the Father had rejected him. My God, my God, why have you forsaken me? You know, that had already happened. And then all of a sudden, so he was saying, look, here, I found myself in Scripture. He knew the Scripture, even on the cross. He knew the Scripture. And then at that moment, he spoke that by faith. And I believe that faith is what helped get him out of that grave. So we've got to see and find, all right, Lord, what is my promise today? What are you drawing me towards? Like that one scripture that's sticking out a lot for me, and y'all been hearing is the Luke 2.52, that Jesus continued to increase in uh, wisdom and stature or maturity and favor with God and men. And so 
it that's been ringing in my ears ever since we did that increase series and it won't get out it's coming out in my prayers and everything what is that that's the holy spirit putting that as a rhema word in me to apply faith that i'm increasing in wisdom i am increasing in maturity i am increasing in favor with god and favor with men it will not stop. It will continue to increase. That's what Jesus did. He told me to follow. Paul said, follow me as I follow Christ. I see that Jesus increased. And the word shows us he increased. So if his, his job in God was to increase, then my job in God is to increase. Well, I'm, that's sitting on me. That right there is telling me that I'm expecting favor with God and I'm expecting favor with men in new ways all the time and it will not stop. So I'm, that, for me, that's harvest time. You know? and, and so I'm applying faith to that constantly right now. I'm, I'm just, if I think about that scripture, I thank God. Thank you, Lord, for increasing me in wisdom and stature and favor with God and men. Thank you, Father. Thank you. I receive. Today is my receiving day. Amen. So that's, you know, that's what Jerry was saying. <laughs> but, yes, ma'am. Kind of on that, that sowing and reaping, I mean, you know, as we sow, we're kind of to be aware and kind of have an idea of what extra we're sowing. Because, you know, as the farmer goes out and plants, he doesn't, I mean, he, he goes back. And yeah. checks his field and makes sure he keeps checking on it and water and doing what's necessary to you know to reap the harvest so that's a good point he knows he knows where he planted and he has a good idea about what he planted how yeah. much and yeah, yeah and that kind of you know helps your expectation on what God's yes. going to do yes amen that's a great point and and so in other words if you're a giver and you know it's like I told you earlier you know what our offerings were each month and you know what they started at and what they what they are now um well why do i know that because the lord has told me to be expecting a harvest on that right i need to be expecting a harvest on that nicole and i should so that helps me know what's in the ground that helps my faith know what i can expect to come up out of that ground yeah and this help you know and it's um finances is huge in the kingdom but a lot of you know people don't preach about it and they don't either they preach about too little or they preach about too much <laughs> you know and and a lot of people mishandle it but when you get it to the point you know when you as somebody that comes into boomerang gets to the point where you say um you know i'm at peace because they're not going to ask me to give something that puts me in harm or jeopardy they're just asking me to hear from god now, and you start understanding that, all of a sudden what happens to your, uh, you say, well, that's easy. I'll just ask God for it. If he, if he brings it to you, then give it. And if he doesn't, don't, you know. All the pressure's off. But all of a sudden what we're doing is we're increasing the ability of what we can do as a body, and you are increasing the ability of what you can do as an individual. So it's bringing God's increase into us when we you know, put on the right heart and we apply faith. Can you see that? Can you see how it can really grow in that area? And, and not have pressure on it. Not have pressure on it. I thought I saw wheels turning a while ago. So. Yeah, sure. yeah. I've always heard people talk about finances when it comes to tithing and giving. Yeah. <laughs> but I've never heard people talk about giving your time, giving gifts. Yes. Um, I'd love to learn more about that. Okay. 
uh, I've got some stuff just on that. There's uh, basically four areas that you can give. And ultimately, in our giving, finances makes it really uh, easy to talk about giving uh, because it's something kind of tangible that you can, um, something kind of tangible that you can um, set your, wrap your mind around. But then there's also uh, giving in different, let me see if I can find it here. There we go. Four types of seed to sow. Time, talents, energy, and money. So you can give time, and that's just simply where you say, you know what, my time is worthy of giving to God. And the truth of the matter is, you want more time in your life? Give some. Yeah. And a lot of people don't get that. They go, well, I don't have time. And so on time, are they a cheerful giver or a stingy giver? <laughs> They're stingy on it, and then they're wondering why it just keeps getting shorter and shorter and shorter. You know, God will teach you how to open up your time and have more freedom in that. But a lot of times they're not given any time whatsoever. You know. Um, and, and now there is something to be said, and you should not use this as an excuse. See, again, all we have to do is go to the Lord and just ask him what he wants us to give. You know, and then be obedient to that. In other words, not try to swap one out or anything. But there is something like, for instance, pretty much all of us in this room are not called to be missionaries overseas. But we are called to give into that. We are called. And so what the Lord can do is he won't send you, but he's got somebody already picked out to send. And, but he'll, he'll basically say, like, I mean, we, we just started giving to a missionary over in China as a church. We just started doing that uh, last month. So right now he'll say, hey, I want you to believe me for X amount of dollars so that we can give to that missionary to be doing what they do. And you send it in here marked with the missionary and we send it uh, to them or you send it to them directly. And so that's how the Lord has you sowing different. You can't sow your time overseas a lot of time, but you can sow two time for them to have. That'll be what you give causes them to spend less time trying to pull in money so they can do what God's called them to do. It saves them time. So another seed is talents. Uh, this, is, this is your skills. And your skill set, this is your abilities, you know. Um, George may have certain talents that he can sow in. John may have different ones. And God says, sow those. Sow those things that you do well, those things that you're a 10 at. Sow those things into the kingdom. Uh, like if I, um, if I, let's say, um, uh, let's say that George is a great graphic design artist on the computer, right? Let's say that he's awesome in that. That's a faith statement, he says. <laughs> then that's something that 
very possible the Lord could call him to say, uh, hey, sow that into the church or sow it into the kingdom somewhere. So he's sowing those talents in. Another thing, uh, and see, time is not just when you're very skilled. Time can be just going to serve at the table and give out some water and love on people. You know, time can be doing something that's just, you know, that anybody can be doing it. In other words, we just need bodies, you know. That can be just time. And a lot of times that's what we need. We just need people that'll do stuff, you know. And uh, the next thing is energy. In other words, you know, you just sow in your energy that you have. You, sh you sow in, how about this, just energy to think and process things. You know, one of the things I challenged the leadership uh, team with recently is are you praying and are you praying and seeking God for answers on this stuff you know are you spending time because I think about it all the time but are you are you doing it well you know you could be doing that too not just not you don't have to be on leadership team to be trying to solve issues and problems and turn them into opportunities so that's the other one and then the one that we talk about a lot is the money but all of these areas, we ought to be giving into the kingdom of God in every one of those areas all the time. All the time. It ought to be constant. And a lot of times we're not, um, we're not receiving uh, the things that we need in our life. We're not operating in abundance and overflow because we're not cheerful givers, you know, and we're not sowers. So that's a good question. Brother Moore has talked a lot about um, you don't sow wheat and get corn. Yes. Um, and how in his life, I know one of the examples he used was he sowed cars into people. Yeah. He sowed cars into people. And then, you know, later on down the road, he was Cars came. Yeah. Yeah. So I wonder if you'd speak to that concept a little bit. Yeah. Well, I think it's um, you go right into Genesis chapter 1. And Genesis, Genesis chapter uh, 1 says this in verse 11. Then God said, Let the earth sprout vegetation, planting, plants yielding seed and fruit trees on the earth bearing fruit uh, after their kind with seed in them. And the earth brought forth vegetation, plants yielding seed after their kind, trees bearing fruit with seed in them after their kind, and God saw that it was good. And, um, you know, it's all throughout the Bible that you reap what you sow. You reap after its kind. So if you need, uh, it's kind of like Brother Moore, Keith Moore also said one time, he said, I was teaching healing school and we had healing. We had healings everywhere. He said, we had, he said, but I was spending day and night teaching on healing. He said, you know, <laughs> we had healing in the morning, healing at noontime, healing when the sun went down. He said, but I wasn't doing so good in finances. <laughs> and he said, and the Lord said, faith comes by hearing, hearing by the word. He said, I, he said, you ought to teach some on finances. So he started teaching and faith built up. And so what he was doing, he was sowing the word on finances, the seed of the word on finances into himself, he said, and things turned around. And um, one of the best examples I have of that is uh, when I was believing God for a bike to ride uh, on the road, you know, and 
I thought, you know, the bike would probably cost at least, you know, with everything, at least a thousand dollars. And so I put on there, um, you know, like eleven hundred or something. And I just put me a little. They had given me. Uh, the girls knew that I wanted was going after a bike. I believe God had told me to get a bike, and um, so I was believing God. Well, they had bought me this little thing, this little. Uh, thing that would sit on the bike and carry stuff and everything so I put that on the wall and that was my bike fund and I would sew extra money into it but the first thing you know I did is I took some money and I sewed it you know into uh, the Lord for that purpose setting kind of marking that as seed for that bike well the very first things that went in that basket were the girls because they went and they got all their money that they had and they put it as seed into my bike fund. And uh, I just, I blessed them and uh, it was awesome. I mean, their heart, listen, their heart to be a sower was awesome. They were just loving, they wanted me to have it. They wanted, they were just loving on me. So they put into the bike they planted seeds into the bike, right? It wasn't a month later. I mean, it wasn't a month later. My brother calls, or uh, my brother calls, I don't think y'all knew where they came from, but uh, my brother calls me up. He says, you know, we just got it on our hearts. We want to buy the girls a bike. And uh, they showed up a couple of days later, had two brand new bikes for the girls. They got a bike for I got a bike. <laughs> Why? And because they planted into that. Where where did they plant? What seed did they plant into the bike? What did they get? They got a bike. I was. I, it didn't hit me. You know, I wasn't so sharp on that. It took me a few days. But a few days later, I was like, ding, ding, ding. Hello. That's what they planted into, and it was. That was. But that's the way it works, you know. If you if you're looking for something, then but now let me just say this: you have to remember all of this relates to the two parts of life. That all, what God's done is He's already bought and paid for all of these blessings. We are just moving in His system. You see, we're just moving in His plan. In other words, he, if you could see a pathway on a map and and Keith Moore talks about this again. He says, you know, if you'll just listen, you'll go through Blessingville and Healed City and, and, and you know, Abundance Road, you know. You'll, and he'll, if you'll listen for the Lord and be obedient in those things, he will take you through these places instead of broke down junction, you know. He, he'll take you through these blessing places. All that's already paid for. We just have to say, look, I'm the righteousness of God in Christ. And I believe that I have received that. And now, but if I believe that, that's faith. Faith without works is dead. In other words, there's going to be a corresponding action or reaction to part one with God. And so what is that corresponding action? I become a giver. I become a sower. If I'm not becoming a giver and a sower, then I really don't believe that I've received that in the first place, and that's part of how this two parts of life works. But you have to understand that God's going to get this stuff to you. Basically, there's a place where it talks about, you know, if you can't be faithful in the little things, how can he give you much? The little things, what he's calling the little things is finances. 
In other words, if you can't get your heart right on finances, how in the world is he going to hand keys to the kingdom over to you, right? So this is not just something that we need to understand and operate in. This is a key to moving into being the full ambassador that God's called you to be. But see, can you see now why the devil fights people on finances? Because if he can stop them from getting the little thing, they'll never be the kind of people that will overcome a city for God. Everybody real quiet. <laughs> but it's true, you know, and that's, but a lot of times, you know, it's, um, I was trying to get to, a lot of times what will happen is people will hold back because they'll say this, they'll say, I'm, I'll give when I have some. I'll give when I have some. But here's the thing. If you don't give now, you're not going to give then. Because your heart, it's not a matter of how much you have. It's a matter of the heart. You know? And so it, that's the issue. And if you don't give now when you've got little, you, you think all of a sudden magnifying what you have is going to change your heart? No, you magnify if I'm if I've only got a hundred dollars now and then I get a hundred thousand, that hundred thousand looks to be a lot bigger. And you think about the temptation you're having on giving some out of that hundred dollars, well, think about the temptation you're gonna have on the flesh to give out of the hundred thousand. I promise you it will be more. You know. <laughs> I, I so we've got and this is part of what he's saying in that passage is, how can I give you more when you're not faithful in the little? How can I get you to the $100,000 budget if you're not faithful with the $100 budget? Yeah. This changes stuff in our life. This, you know, look at this. It's uh, Deuteronomy uh, 14, 23, I believe. So what you're seeing there in the tithe is this, is that, that learn to fear the Lord. It says, you shall eat in the presence of the Lord your God at the place where he chooses to establish his name. The tithe of your grain, your new wine, your oil, the firstborn of your herd and your flock, so that you may learn to fear the Lord your God always. Now, if you, you know, don't know anything about fear and don't know and understand that you would say what that makes me scared of god which is what our american language would say but that's not what that word means that word there means reverence let me uh, read it to you here so it it talks about uh fear but it also means to revere show reverence and uh stand in awe. all of these things in other words when we learn about the tithe what we learn is the reverence of God. And so a lot of times people are missing stuff in their life because they don't have giving down pat. They don't have tithing down pat. They don't have offerings. Tithe is simply 10% of your increase. And they don't have any of that down pat. And so they're wondering what's going on in their life. And it's because they're not reverencing the Lord because they don't even have tithing down. 
And so we learn even more reverence when we learn how to tithe. This is the reason why he gave it to us, is to learn how to honor him and esteem him. So when he's trying to take us through Blessingville, you know, and, and Abundant City, when he's trying to take us through those, we reverence what he's saying to us, and we can hear, you know. See, a lot of times we're not hearing and seeing from the Lord because we don't honor him. And so our ability to hear and see is shut down because we don't esteem him. And it goes back to not giving in that way. So when we start learning how to be a cheerful giver and a liberal giver, all of a sudden this stuff opens up. See, God knows more about us than we do. This is why it's good just to be obedient to what he says. And then all of a sudden we'll find out all the stuff that it opens up to us. But if we'll just learn how to be obedient and just be childlike faith, okay all right you know and go do it all of a sudden what happens in us in in our corrupted flesh is all of a sudden the scales fall off we can see God and hear from him clearly and he'll move us right through the blessed places you see he'll those places that's already uh, been paid for through Christ the places that Jesus has had lined up and paid for the whole time the places in the middle of a corrupted world behind enemy lines he'll take us right to those places and he'll make everything that's hidden be revealed be it good or bad he'll show us the bad stuff stay away from he'll show us the good stuff that nobody knew was there give you ideas it's like uh, oh man Thank you, Lord. Praise God. S somebody said a word to me about uh, George Washington Carver. Um, you know, George Washington Carver went in and basically said, you know, Lord, teach me all these great things. Teach me your wisdom. And he said, you need to learn about the peanut. That's what the Lord said to him. <laughs> you need to learn about the peanut. And he came up with all these inventions and uses for the peanut. Well, who revealed that to him? God did. He will give you stuff. There's problems in the world right now that people would pay real good money if you knew how to solve them. God does. But see, a lot of times we haven't been able to get into the place, the Blessingville or the Abundant City, because we're not liberal givers. And so our reverence is shut down. So when God's trying to answer a question for us, we can't even hear it. We can't see it. We don't have vision for it. And it all goes back to, you know, our tithing and our giving and our offerings and everything. At, at the very least, they're very much connected. And this is what God says. It's like in Malachi. Look, look real quick at Malachi chapter 3, and we'll finish here. You know, if you're talking about tithing, you've got to go here. He's talking about tithes and offerings, Malachi 3, 9. Uh, nope, Malachi 3.10. Bring the whole tithe into the storehouse so that there may be food in my house and test me now in this, says the Lord of hosts. If I will not open for you the windows of heaven and pour out for you a blessing until it overflows, then I will rebuke the devourer for you so that it will not destroy the fruits of, your, of the ground, nor will your vine in the field cast its grapes, says the Lord of hosts. All the nations will call you blessed, for you shall be a delightful land. And uh, there's more some good stuff as you go on down, but... Look, it says, bring the whole tithe into the storehouse. And the storehouse is the place where you can store up blessings for God. That's the church where it's there for people when they need something. 
you know, uh, the truth of the matter is this place ought to be rolling over in a storehouse because we have increased our faith to be good givers, right? Generally, most churches in America, and we've fallen into this as well uh, before, is they, they don't operate in that. But it ought to be that this is the place. You know, the storehouse was never, de- oh boy, the storehouse was never designed to be the government. The storehouse is the church. Yes. It was never designed to be the government. That's why they're not anointed to do that. They're not anointed to do that. The church is anointed to do that. So, <laughs> all right, we'll move off of that. And, uh, but, but it is true. And uh, amen. So bring the whole tithe into the storehouse. The tithe does not go to, uh, your tithe, it doesn't really go to uh, like a TV ministry. Uh, the tithe was taken to the place where they ministered to you, for you, and would be a storehouse to help people in your local region. That's So in other words, and it's kind of like a restaurant. You know, do you go to Bojangles and order a chicken sa- sandwich and go to KFC and pay the bill? Doesn't work like that. <laughs> where you eat is where is where you bring that, you know. And so if you, know, you get spiritual food and you get fed, that's where you bring it to. Man, okay. So he says, so there may be food, the storehouse, so there may be food in my house. My house. So this is a body of Christ. This is a temple. This is is what this is talking about. The tithe doesn't go. I, I know, and I don't know that we ever did this, but I've known plenty of people that they would, you know, bring like, you know, a quarter of their tithe to church, and then they'd send part of their tithe off to uh, a missionary or whatever, and then they'd send some to a, a TV, you know, uh, ministry, which those are good places, and that is the kingdom of God, but the tithe goes into the storehouse, which is my house and you'll see historically it goes to the place where the local temple the local church the offering goes like when i talk about offerings those offerings that we give personally those are ones that are outside of this house but the tide should go here right so it's just it's just biblical stuff but then he says if you test me in this lord of hosts if i will not open for you the windows of heaven and pour out for you a blessing until it overflows. So here's we did a series called uh, Doors of Heaven one time, and it was talking about giving, but what it was more talking about is once you get into proper sowing and giving, what happens is, what's a window for? What do you do out through a window? <laughs> Shoot deer is the best answer I've heard for that all night. But that is not what I'm talking about right now. However... It could play in. I could, I could link it, but we're not going to do it. What do you do through a window? You see, right? In other words, what the Lord is saying, he's saying two things. This, this word here can be windows and it can be doors. But what the Lord is saying here is two things. Number one, when you start giving, he says, I will start to show you things. I will open up supernatural heavenly vision in your life and you will see opportunities you will see blessings so that you'll know it's harvest time 
When you start giving, you will see in, in tithes particularly is what it's talking about. Now, and he will open up opportunities. And so one of the things um, is that's something you got to step into. A lot of people are like, all right, Lord, give it to me. I'm waiting on it. Overflow me after they start giving. That's not the way it works. Here's what he does. He says, I will, what he's saying is, I will increase your vision. And there's a principle that says you can have everything you can see. That's a biblical principle. And if you can see it in the spirit, you can have it. You can have it. If you can see it, you can have it. But if you see it, what do you have to do with it? You have to take it. You have to apply faith to it. In other words, I, now I see it. All right, Lord, I see the vision. Now, Lord, I, I just thank you for that. I ask you for that thing that I see. I ask you for that wise invention. I see you answering this problem and me uh, inventing something. And, Lord, I ask you for the finances, the resources for that. And by faith, you grab a hold of that. It's an opportunity, and you step through the door. Okay? That's that's what it's talking about. So in other words, this is a back and forth between us and God all the time. There's always two parts. It's what he's doing and what he has done and what he's paid for and then us moving to line up with it. Amen? Amen. So he will do some um, miraculous things. I remember uh, one uh, testimony of that was... Um, Steve and Deb, when y'all came, I won't tell all the details of it, but I'll let you, you share as many details as you want to. I won't stop you, but don't share if you don't feel like you should. On when y'all came in and you and you started tithing, and then all of a sudden um, you had basically the vision for how to shift and what God did to empower the shifting like of the loan. And the stuff. So anything in that arena where you saw the benefits of your giving, how that changed things. So um, the Bible's pretty clear that we shouldn't go into debt. Right. We should be lenders and not borrowers, I think is the verbiage used. But, you know, when we came to church here, we didn't realize that. So <laughs> <laughs> at the time, we had a whole lot more debt than we ought to have had. And, you know, it's good because it's business debt, right? It's okay because it's business <laughs> debt. <laughs> Clarify. Bible doesn't say except, you know. That's right. So um, the payments on this debt were like crazy. Like they had lots of zeros on them. It was hurting. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and, uh, did you feel that? I did. <laughs> and so, uh, you know, we started listening to Pastor Brian's teaching and, and people that he sent us to to listen to as well on finances and abundance and prosperity. and um, A while passed, and we continued to, to tithe and, and to make offerings at a time when it was not easy on the flesh to do because the zeros were still there, you know, over here on this thing. And uh, So when you didn't have it, you set your heart to be right. Right. And we, you know, we didn't know how God was going to change things or what he was going to do, but we knew that this was our part. Our part was to, to do what we hadn't been doing, so we stepped up and we, we tried to do that. We did that. Mm -hmm. 
and then you know one day I was in the bank and not the bank where I had the loan but another bank and um, guy said uh, when are you gonna give me a chance on that loan that big loan of yours I said you know at the point he said well I'll offer you and we were paying like almost seven percent which you know in most of the history of mankind isn't all that bad but you know all those zeros <laughs> so he's like well we can probably do you know three percent any of you know much about math that cuts the zeros like a lot like yeah, especially you know, on big loans yeah like yeah, business loans like uh cuts it by a third yeah and i'm like yeah right He's like, bring me your stuff. I'm, All right, I'll bring you the stuff, you know. I'll show you, you don't know what you're talking about, run your mouth. Next thing I know, he's like, well, we got it approved at 2.95. You come in and sign, we'll go ahead and move things over. And I'm like, <laughs> say what? And he's like, we got it approved at 2.95%. So it literally cut the loan um, by a third, or the, the yeah. payment each month by a third. Yeah. Which took the pressure off. Lord have mercy. You know, it, it was changed like, things. Oh yeah, I mean it. Yeah. It it took something that was strained, and every day you get up, and you're like, well, I hope we make it. If not, we're gonna be trying. You know. Let me ask you this: Duke's mayonnaise and Wonder Bread. Here we go again. <laughs> Did it save you a heap load of money? Oh, good lord! <laughs> yeah, if you add all that up, a lot with some zeros. <laughs> I tell you, hang on. Let me, let me. Like one point six million dollars over the life of the loan. Would you say that again? Like one point six million dollars over the life of the loan that we didn't have to pay. All right, now watch. Will you come up here for just a second? I took a Benadryl for church, so bear All with right. me. All right. <laughs> How come there's three How of many you? fingers I'm holding up? <laughs> I got two guns. <laughs> One for each of All right, so watch this. He's given, remember, given, it teaches us reverence, which teaches us esteem and honor of God, which means we start to esteem his voice and his, we see things for him, right? So you walk into, he says, I'll open up the windows of heaven. You walk into the bank. You're not thinking, change the loan. Yeah. But the guy, the banker, is sitting in his office and sees you walk in. And this is what happens. The Lord says, banker man, there's somebody He's going to help bring you some business, and you want to give him a good deal. Now, you stand up and go out there and talk to him. Stop right here. And then the Lord goes, let me show you something. Here's the real deal. I'm going to save you some money. And even though you didn't know everything about it, just by simply saying, okay, we'll check it out. And the Lord, here's the other thing reverence of the Lord even though you're not seeing everything God's doing the Lord will then say hey yes you do need to go talk to him <laughs> whether you feel like it or not and he'll help you help our head and then all of a sudden he'll pour out blessings that are so big even when we're not feeling like moving towards that reverence towards God all of this ties back to giving and 
So that's exactly what happened in your situation, which is a beautiful testimony. And there was more beyond that, I know. Yeah, lots, yeah, lots, yeah, lots of stuff. More, yeah. Amen. So it's, the biggest thing in tithings and offerings is that it takes our reverence and our honor of God to a whole nother level. Which, listen, God's part, part one, it is... It is important, and it is the priority to God. But you will not have a full life without operating in part two. Okay? You won't have a full life unless you are giving back to God in love. And God knows that, so he's going to help us be empowered to give in those areas. And if we love God, then we're going to get to be the best we can be at everything that God has given us to be. If he's told us about healing, then we ought to grow in healing. If he's told us about finances, then we ought to grow in finances. If he's told us about deliverance, then we ought to grow in deliverance. If he's told us about restoration, then we ought to grow in restoration. The Holy Spirit, eternal life, leading people to the Lord, the good news of God, you name it in there. If he's made it, promised, and he, Jesus paid a price for it, we ought to be operating in part two that says, let me be the best I can be operating at this and help other people do too. Well, finances is in there. Giving is in there. Sowing, being a good sower is in there. And so no matter how people take it and they do the wrong thing with it, we, never, we try to never do the wrong things with finances here, and we, never, we try to never put people under compulsion. But even if we did, that's not going to uh, is exonerate the right word, exonerate you from being a good giver or a cheerful giver. In other words, you're not going to get in front of God and him say, well, why didn't you give more? And, and you say, well, they did it wrong there. He's like, I I didn't give my command to be a cheerful giver if everybody does it right. We have to, we should want to grow in this because we want to love on God at the top of our ability. Amen. Amen. Father, thank you so much that you've given us the ability to be a giver. And Lord, we just focus right now because here's the thing. The whole reason that you tell us to be a good giver is because your priority is to give to us and to give to other people your priority is to pour out your love and all you're doing is teaching us how to receive more and more of it of things that you've already done lord we receive your love in our finances and in our giving and we praise you for it and thank you for it in jesus name amen amen have a great night.